Everyone has an opinion when it comes to having a baby and raising kids. Just get the epidural. There's no prize for doing it natural. In my day, we just let the baby cry until they settle themselves down. Have you tried sage oil? And so many more comments, most of them unsolicited. Welcome to the Birth and Parenting Things podcast. My name is Kim, and I've got opinions too. I'm kind of an expert on birth. I've also managed to raise three babies into young adults. I'm here to offer evidence-based information, stories, personal experiences on birth, parenting, and everything in between. So let's do this. Hey there, it's me, Kim, Kim the doula. I'm back. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm shouting. Um, so, yeah, it's been a time. I apologize for not being around for a couple of weeks. I have been dealing with family, dealing with business, dealing with trying to get my business back going again on a virtual scale. I have been managing life with my elderly uncle who we still don't know definitively whether he has lung cancer or not. So we've got a few appointments coming up about that. I've been dealing with um, my son having his wisdom teeth taken out, with my daughter getting back to in-person school, and just life. The end of summer always seems to be such a crazy busy time of stress and worry, and nowadays in 2021, that's not getting any easier. And I have been looking at the podcast itself and I kind of know that I've been phoning it in the last few episodes and um, that's not fair to you guys. So I wanted to sit back and uh, do some research and try and make this a better podcast for you guys. So this is what I have done. So, um, so an um, can I delete those? Probably not. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to actually give a big shout out to Bermuda because for some reason I'm still on the Bermuda um, Apple podcast uh, playlist and Ireland as well. Hey, Ireland, big shout out to you. My family are actually from Ireland and I uh, had my DNA testing done. I'm 52% Irish. So how cool is that? Anyways, so as I say, I wanted to get back to this podcast being about a place of learning of stories, of course, and, you know, trying to normalize birth and parenting. So I thought this week I would look at crying because <laughs> I think we've all sort of been there at some point in time, not just me crying and you crying, but baby crying. So I wrote a blog post on this uh, on Sunday. Yeah, on Sunday. So it's it's up on the on the website if you want to have a check if you want to check it out. Uh, three ways, three reasons why your baby is crying and how to stop it. So this is going to be a little bit of a rehash of that. So it's not it's not going to be too mind numbing. So um, basically, two weeks ago, two weeks ago. Well, it could be three now, actually. God, time means nothing these days. Three weeks ago, I was teaching a prenatal class. And in the first class, uh, one of the things that we talk about is bathing baby. And after a video of baby bathing, 
One of the participants said that, um, you know, she was a little worried about that. And I said, well, what is, what's the biggest thing that's worrying you? And she said that it looked like the baby was in pain. Now, of course, the baby wasn't necessarily in pain. Um, having a bath for the first time, because these were brand new babies, probably having their very first baths or their second baths. And it was probably very uh, crazy situation for them. So I said, um, you know, really being in pain is kind of one of the few reasons why baby might be crying. So I sat down and I thought, you know, what are the main reasons why um, baby might be crying? So one of the most common reasons, and especially in those first couple of weeks that baby would be crying or being fussy, is that maybe they're hungry. In those early weeks, um, baby will have three growth spurts, and that includes cluster feeding. And in those first, in that first week alone, though two of those will happen. So in the first week, two cluster feed and growth spurts, and then there's one at three weeks as well. So my first recommendation for families with a baby that's crying or, or being fussy is to feed them. That's, that's it. Just feed them. And if you're chest feeding or breastfeeding, um, offer them, offer them the breast and this will usually settle them down. Not only will it satisfy their hunger and help increase your supply, but it will also release oxytocin. So having baby sort of on your skin and trying to do that feed with just a diaper on is a good idea too, because that means you'll get some more skin to skin as well. And that will help release a hormone called oxytocin. And oxytocin, which is the love hormone, and I love this hormone, it acts like a pheromone and it makes everybody around you calm and happy, including baby. So they've got a nice full belly of milk, they've got a whole bunch of oxytocin, and then afterwards maybe they look a little milk drunk. <laughs> I do love milk drunk. Take a picture because drunk baby face is really cute. But if you're not uh, chest feeding or breastfeeding, then try and offer baby a bottle and do some skin to skin with them. And that should also give you the same desired effect. Another reason, especially in those early weeks as to why baby might be crying is that maybe they need their diaper changed. So this is one of the, the usual suspects that we usually try and check. Now, many commercial brand diapers such as Pampers and Huggies are very, very absorbent and your baby may not be bothered too much by a wet diaper. But if we've got a lot of pee or if we've got poop in the mix, this can often make babies unhappy. Now, some babies are very super sensitive to a wet diaper and some not so much. But you don't necessarily need to sort of strip baby down and do a complete diaper change just to see if the diaper is even wet. Most of these brands, as I say, will have a wetness indicator. And this means that um, you just have to have a quick look at the diaper, open up their little sleeper and have a quick look and see whether the, the yellow line has turned to blue or whatever the indicator is. And of course, to test if babies had a poopy diaper, if you missed that giant poop fart smell face um, on your baby, then just pick them up and have a quick sniff of their bum and that'll give you an indication as to whether they have a poopy diaper or not. Now, 
Many diaper, many babies actually don't like to have their diapers changed and that's okay. But I think one of the best ways to manage that is to talk to them while you're doing it, have a good conversation with them, explain to them what you're doing. They love listening to the sound of your voice and, and, and looking at you and looking at your face. So that can make that particular situation a little bit easier to bear. Now, another reason, so the third reason And of course, there's many others, but the third reason why a baby may be crying or is fussy is, especially again in those first few days, is because maybe baby's a little bit scared or wary or, you know, just unsure of what's happening to them. Try to look at it from their perspective. They were in a nice, warm, cozy environment. They were constantly being fed and basically living their best life. Then one day, There's a series of multiple earthquakes and then a giant tsunami. And now they're suddenly on an entirely new planet. And this planet is bright. It's loud. It's cold. And everyone wants to touch them. And now they're no longer being fed continuously. So for the first time in their lives, they're actually experiencing hunger. Then 24 hours later, you move them to your home. But for them, it's again an entirely new planet. And this one, uh, not necessarily as loud and bright, but it's still very mind-blowing to them. So we have to remember that for babies, everything is new. Every situation, every day, every minute is new and scary to them. So what do we do to, to fix that? Well, we pick them up. Give them a cuddle. For babies and children, you are their biggest source of protection and safety, and you can instill this by picking them up. Also speak to them, again, your voice, Um, using your voice, which is very familiar to them because they've heard it while they've been in utero, and using those sort of calm, reassuring tones can also help give them that feeling of safety and love and protection. And if that doesn't work, remember that skin to skin we just talked about? that can help as well. Give that a try. Again, we want to release that oxytocin and give that sense of calm and love. So these are just three ways. There are so many other ways to calm a crying baby, but those start with these. And of course, if you wanted to take an infant care class, you can have a, have a check of, and get more, um, Uh, ways to stop a crying baby, you can check out the infant care class online class that I have, which is only $30. And it's got uh, six modules, five modules in it, plus a bonus one. And that it's a value of $125. And you can check that out on the website. And yeah, so I'll put a link in the bio as well to uh, for the blog itself and the class. All right, so that's the start of uh, the first section on birth of birth and parenting things. Uh, Next section, we're going to talk about you crying. What about you? Because let's be honest, we're in a pandemic. We've got a whole lot of stuff on our plate. Maybe we've got a brand new baby or toddlers or children. We're going to talk about something that I heard about um, recently, and I kind of got a big opinion on this. All right, we'll see you in a second. And we're back. So about a month ago, I want to say a month, 
Uh, time means nothing to me these days. I was watching a program and they introduced a woman who was supposedly an expert and she had written a book or a blog or something, I don't know, on how it's okay to cry in the shower. And I thought, mm, okay, um, go on. Their idea was that, you know, as moms, as parents, we need to let we need to let it go. We need can't keep it bottled up, all this stress and whatnot in our lives. And we have to release that. And I get it. And her idea was, you know, to cry in the shower. And I don't disagree with the idea of needing to let this stress go. And, you know, you can't keep it bottled up. So, you know, you just explode. But as parents, you know, we are pulled in so many different directions. And there are times where emotions can overtake us. And if we don't let it go, if we keep it all inside, then the stress will mess with our mental health and, of course, our physical health as well. And that's not good. My only issue with all of this was that why must we cry alone in the shower? Why must we present to the world, our spouse and our children, this facade of strength as, as women, as mothers, that we can do anything and handle anything. And then when we're alone, we can break down and we can reveal our true selves and emotions only to ourselves. <sighs> Quite frankly, this is bullshit. One of the main ways I think that children learn is through observation and, of course, mimicking. So how can we help our children express their huge emotions if we don't do it ourselves? And let's be honest, children know everything. If you're crying in the shower, guess what? They know you are. They see and hear everything. If they see and hear us hiding our emotions away, what does that tell them? That it's okay to cry? It isn't okay to... Um, you know, have these deep feelings to express them to everybody, that it isn't okay to feel sad. And that if you do, you have to hide it away from somebody, from your family, from your friends. No, it's okay to feel sad and tired and angry and overwhelmed. And it's okay to show these emotions to our kids so that they can feel safe coming to us and expressing them and releasing those emotions when they have them themselves. It's okay. But they have to know how first, and they will learn that from us. Look, of course, I want our kids to, we always want our kids to, you know, only experience happiness and joy. But let's be honest, that's not realistic. They are at some point going to be sent out into the world to daycare, kindergarten, school, and they're going to be faced with things that make them angry, sad, scared, and they need a way and a place to experience in that, that, and that's with you. And that's also in a way that is constructive, that isn't destructive. Now, when we look at the other side of it as well, when they witness sadness and anger, they can also witness empathy from others, conflict resolution, and a calming of emotions as you speak and breathe through your own big stuff. And we need more humans in this world who are empathetic, who are caring. And if we're not showing them that, if we're not showing them what that looks like, then how are they going to learn it? Kids feel if, so let me back up a second. So in my own home, I want my kids to feel safe and happy. And if they have to lose their crap, 
They can do it at home with me and I encourage them to express themselves as they need. So my suggestion here is, is that if you are sad, if you are upset, it's okay to cry in front of your kid and it's okay to tell them that, you know, you're upset about X, Y, Z, you know, this particular thing happened and it made you angry. And this is, you know, you're not throwing pots and pans and (laughs) cursing at the wind, but maybe you're expressing that anger in a constructive way so that they themselves can see what that should look like and what that is. So long story short, it's okay to express emotions like sadness, grief, and frustration in front of your child. Think of it as emotional education for them. Awesome. Okay. I want to, again, this one's going to be very short and sweet. I really don't have a whole lot to say, but thank you again for bearing with me these past few weeks. I promise you I will be more organized and more on topic like I had originally intended to be. Now, a um, couple things for you guys, if you're interested, I do have also on my website and I'll, I'll put a link in the bio, um, some free resources on my freebies page. Uh, there's principal, my free resource library includes what to pack for your hospital bag, what to eat in labor, uh, a postpartum essentials list. So what you need and what you don't need for your postpartum and a recipe for frozen Uh, perineum pads. So have a look. It's torontodoulagroup.com slash freebies. And as I say, I'll put, uh, I'll put a couple links in the show notes so that you can have a look and, and see what's available. And if there are any, um, topics, anything you'd like to address on the birth or the parenting side, let's be honest, I'm not a parenting expert. I just, I've been through a lot. (laughs) I have three grown-ass adult children um, who I think I did pretty good with, to be quite honest, given everything that they were phrased with. But if you have any topics or suggestions or things that you'd like to see, please feel free to email them to me at birthandparentythings at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts and, and whatnot. I would also again, like to give a big shout out to Bermuda and Ireland. Woohoo! Gonna have to do a tour for the one person in each in each country that listens to me. Anyways, if you enjoyed this, um, it's very helpful for me if you can share it with your friends, if you can rate it, um, if you can subscribe, um, that would be awesome. So, Have a good one, and I hope everybody has a great, amazing, wonderful September. This is literally my favorite month out of the year. It always feels like a brand new start. Um, I was, just as an aside, I was married in September, uh, my 27th wedding anniversary, I think, might be coming up. Um, No, not 27, 24 fourth or fifth my 25th actually um will be coming up on uh, the 14th but it will probably also be the day that my um divorce papers come through so uh, a couple weeks ago actually went through the process of getting divorced so yeah that might seem like an ending but it's actually a beginning so it's going to be a great end of 2021 and despite all the crap that's going on in the world 
we can get through this. We are amazing humans and we can get through this. So please remember to wear a mask, wash your hands. If you can do consider getting vaccinated, it's really one of the few ways that we can actually get this thing under control. And I really want it to be under control because I need my children to get back to in-person school. Um, don't say that too loud. <laughs> Anyways, have a good one. And I'm back, people.